0: welcome to the cbd ed show with ed cheney a cbd industry expert and business executive in this program we will discuss the uses of cbd and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines now here is your host ed cheney
1: Oh, Welcome, listeners, to the Ed Show. I am your host, Ed Cheney, along with the spectacular Kimberly Rose.
2: I got a spectacular. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you, yeah. Ed.
1: I've been making her laugh for at least the last two minutes.
2: <laughs> Hello, everyone.
1: So, interesting show we have today because the topic is something that Kimberly's not super familiar with like we usually. We usually go into a subject together. Uh, We share the responsibilities of digging in information and and reviewing studies and talking with our team and so forth. In this particular uh, episode, uh, we had her busy with a design project, uh, but she has a lot of knowledge, uh, so it'll be an interesting show because that's what we are going to get from Kimberly today, uh, is she will be an educated listener.
2: Okay. Yes, that great is great.
1: Questions that. and and hopefully be amazed by some of our findings and so forth and so on. Yeah. Ah, uh, we also have a few listeners that I think we're going to shout out to. Uh, we had somebody who shared a wonderful CBD and cancer story, uh, and her name was Jill. Jill, thank you, uh-huh. Jill, for doing that. That was beautiful. We also have a listener in Anna Cortez, Steve Cheney, who has a birthday today. Happy birthday. Hey, these are both listeners that are contributing to the cause. Thank you very much to both of you.
2: Yes, yeah. Oh, and happy birthday, Steve.
1: All right, let's keep going. An interesting way to start this topic. First, I the topic today is a condition, a health condition called. Cannabinoid hyperemesive syndrome, short for C- uh, short as CHS.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, this is a condition which causes a cyclic round of of uh, throwing up, of vomiting, of vomiting mm-hmm. right? Pretty severe, and it can last for hours. And accompanied with that is a lot of abdominal pain. Uh, It is something related to chronic use of cannabis. Now, we'll go into more details, but I first want to read a story that I think will help to shape today's conversation and maybe connect the dot with our listeners. Okay. All right. And I'm just going to read this story out loud. And I have changed the names to protect the innocent.
2: Good, good. I like that.
1: (laughs) All right. So, we have a young lady named Amy who is sharing her story. In the wake of her father's death, smoking marijuana helped ease her pain. It was a relief from her PTSD and anxiety. Only a year later, though, the role of the drug in her life changed dramatically. Every morning, she says, I'd wake up and I'd have to throw up. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. It was a complete nightmare. My episodes would last for hours at a time. I would throw up 15 times in one in one hour, and there would be four hours of this. I threw up for eight hours once, to the point that my throat was bleeding. Oh. Okay, Amy went to the doctor, who conducted a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, saying the 15-year-old may be suffering from early-onset colon cancer.
2: Fifteen, did you say? I did. Okay, wow. Well, okay.
1: When the results were normal, the doctor then shifted their concerns, that worrying that Amy was bulimic. And she was not. The only thing that ever happened with the nausea was, I'm sorry, the only thing that ever helped with the nausea was scorching hot, boiling showers, she said. I would put hot rags on my face while I was in there. The only thing I could consume was popsicles and only while I was in the shower. Oh, wow. And I could drink Ensure shakes. I didn't eat solid foods. From the time her symptoms began, Amy lost a total of 85 pounds because of her near constant hot showers. Her utility bill went up $100 a month. She racked up over a 1,000 in hospital bills, even after insurance. She nearly lost her job because of her absence, even with doctor notes. Eventually, Amy stopped consuming marijuana. Her symptoms subsided. But she states, I didn't connect the dots, she said, that it was connected to marijuana use.
2: No, and the doctors didn't ask, like, what anything you're doing that right. might not be... Uh, in the ordinary,
1: Is't that in that a crazy story? now, as as I dug in deeper, this is a common story. This hmm. is not It's not unique. She just put it in such a way and it was easy to share. But yeah. man, so many pe- people were experiencing just that.
2: Right. And of course she nobody could say what it was, so she continued to smoke, thinking that that was not the th- the problem.
1: Yeah, and it would probably yeah yeah you're absolutely right. And if she was spending a lot of time in the shower, I, let me tell you what I mean by spending a lot of time in the shower. I I read and I read on one of our listeners who responded, you know, staying in the shower for four hours would how, be highly would prevent it would would provide a lot of relief.
2: But if, how, if you
1: can keep the how much? Water.
2: I was going to say how much hot water do you. <laughs> right. yeah, that's a big thing. So oh. This is so bizarre that yeah. they've now. Well, thank goodness that somebody finally figured it out. That that's what it was.
1: And trust me, the hot showers are effective. Wow. And I'll, I'll be able to tell you why. Okay. Uh, as we go through this, uh, but that is. Let's just maybe just start to outline this medical issue called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Uh, so, what is this? Well, it's a condition that leads to repeated and severe bouts of vomiting. It is rare and only occurs in daily, long-term users of marijuana. So, and what do we mean by daily, long-term? Well, they're really talking about cannabis, chronic cannabis abuse for more than a year, I saw numbers, like, above 90%. uh, Is that a concentration of THC? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They even, I saw numbers, you know, you can get up to 95%. Uh, Anyway, it was that type of chronic use. uh, And it was also, you know, lots, like three joints, 12 times. It was a lot every day.
2: A, lo- a lot of of smoking every, every day every day
1: and the other trigger point seemed to be doing that for a year Was I- the highest rate of occurrence of chs showing up
2: and and uh, is it also if you do did edibles is it just smoking or is it well is it, that's
1: a is it great, great THC?
2: question
1: oh. it's a great question and when i tell you the answer they don't know why
2: oh they don't know
1: The answer is it's only when you did it through respiratory delivery.
2: Oh, okay. So it is not an edible. Edibles,
1: they have not had a single case with edibles reported to date since I did all this research this Uh week. Okay. So only when you did it through respiratory, which included, you know, smoking the organic material, dabbing, vape units. All those.
2: Any inhaling of the, of THC. Correct. In a Correct. Hy- okay. okay. And they also
1: you notice that the term that they use for this condition is called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. You would think it would be cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. Yeah. The reason it is not is because it was triggered by a receptor in your endocannabinoid system.
2: Okay. So they've have they figured out what receptor at least is they being do. triggered?
1: Yeah. Well, yo, know, they have. They have theories
2: mm-hmm. to date. Okay.
1: Right? Still anecdotal, but they 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 they're, they're formulating.
2: So this is something not. that's new to the world because of It is of
1: not. 2004 is when it first showed up. Okay. It's beginning it's getting a lot of attention for two reasons. Uh, first and foremost, is probably the increased amount of episodes showing up in the emergency room, mm-hmm. because that's usually an outcome. When you're vomiting for four hours, there are issues that happen. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of issues. You, you're, your kidney's being uh, messed with. You're, you're, you're getting dehydrated, and you certainly aren't Having You're not getting a chance to eat.
2: Yeah. Well, th- all of those can compromise yeah. everything. Yeah. I-
1: so lots of visits. As a matter of fact, they suggested uh, that since legalization had happened in Colorado, a study had, set, had shared, uh, the rate had been doubled. And this was, you know, a report, I think, 2019. Okay. So rate has been doubled. So it's now an interest
2: it's a real thing now. Right. I mean, not that it wasn't a real thing then, but we're seeing it as something that we need to bring to forward to now, all of you.
1: Big Big Pharmacy already found it uh, because they had already created a drug for it. And um, I'll share that one with you later. Uh, now, so you have, so those are the, the things that triggered it to start showing up on the radar, mm-hmm. even though it was first recognized in 2004. Okay. It's still being misdiagnosed a ton. When I read through the literally hundreds of reviews, more reviews than studies, more case reviews, uh, but they were still all uh, peer reviewed, uh, they were all posted, right, so they're all legitimate. But it's because, uh, again, doing a study while THC is illegal is challenging. Mm -hmm. There is also two other big problems. You know, I was going to share this in a, in a later place, but the two other big problems are the plant. The growers are constantly...
2: Manipulating.
1: Inc- yeah, increasing the THC, coming up with new strains. And so when each time an adjustment is made, it's kind of, you were lost before that. Right. Right? This is just kind of adding another complexity. And then the last piece is the consumer is also adjusting as THC becomes more recreational uh, and more accepted in medical. Consumers are using more, more frequently, higher potencies. They are adjusting too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have all these things that are showing up. Everybody knows it's an issue. So the the reviews are happening a lot now, but I would imagine as soon as it gets pulled off the drug schedule, that's when uh, the big, the big uh, studies will start taking place. So, let's let, yeah, let's talk about this. So, the reason it's a cannabinoid problem, because you know that in your endocannabinoid system, that's within inside of your body, mm-hmm. you have receptors. We've talked about those CB1 and CB2. Right. A cannabinoid will land on a cannabinoid receptor and trigger it to do something. Mm-hmm. You have your own cannabinoids in your body and the cannabis family has a plethora of cannabinoids. Right. And if we take that plant, and get it inside our body or onto onto our skin, it transfers those cannabinoids to us and then it can go into our ECS system and help to regulate it.
2: Right. Good? All
1: right. THC is cannabinoid. Mm -hmm. THC affects your CB1 receptors. Well, they are also, and by the way, CB1 receptors have an effect on your digestive system. So, I'll read this. So, it says, and again, this is from one of the studies, THC binds to the cannabinoid receptor CB1, which plays a role in gastric motality. And there's one hypothesis that suggests the dysregulation of the endocannabinoid system causes decreased gastric mortality, resulting in vomiting through the TRPV1. You may not remember this, but we've done a full show on this. This is a G-protein-coupled receptor. Now, if you remember, uh, no, you won't remember. I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say that was a silly statement. (laughs) So a CB1 and a CB2 receptor, when Mm -hmm. a cannabinoid lands on them, that receptor is just designed to do one action. When you have a G-protein-coupled receptor, and a cannabinoid can land on it and triggered it. It has a cascade of actions. So it'll do one thing, and then after that's done, it'll do another, and that'll trigger another. So it has a cascade of effects. Well, they're finding it's that TRPV1 receptor mm-hmm. that, is, that they found is triggered by THC, and it is randomly throughout your body, including your skin, which is why the hot, Shower also triggers it. Okay. Heat. They said heat below uh, 40 degrees Celsius triggers it. Or above 40 degrees Celsius, I'm sorry, triggers it. hot water. Isn't that
2: crazy? Yeah, so those two, so...
1: CB1 and this TRPV1, Mm -hmm. both receptors that are involved in this problem.
2: So it's not so much that... uh, Gosh, what do I want to say? It's not so much that something is r- wrong, or or it's over been overstimulated. Over, over It's stimulated.
1: Overregulating mm-hmm. because of the abundance of these cannabinoids, these molecules. It's a, it's an, oh, it's an abundance. It's so many of them, and it's triggering this so frequently, or t- to, to some degree of that, uh-huh. uh, that it's causing this problem. Now here's the paradox I shared with you there's a paradox here and and by the way this is throwing the health people off all over the place yeah what is THC also known for when you're a cancer patient
2: right it's anti-nausea <laughs> right <laughs> anti-emetic mm-hmm. it is it, it is it, that's not
1: a suggestion it has been approved as an anti-emetic and it also has been turned into a pharmaceutical.
2: But again, in lower doses.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So triggering it in one direction is helpful. Triggering it in another direction is not. And they can't find the path. That's, that's their big issue. Is they, the path is still, has still evaded them.
2: Well, I think as the the researchers, right, and as a general rule, and I guess that it's probably more difficult now than it used to be, or or easier, or I don't know how to say that. But you are overdosing, even though your brain and your body, the rest of your body, is not saying you're overdosing. You just keep smoking, and you feel you feel fine, or you increase your levels, and you still like it's doing what you want it to do. Um, but one part of your body is getting overloaded, that receptor. is that, just that's, totally overloaded.
1: That's a reasonable view of this. Okay. Now, uh, go back to the initial statements. This is through chronic use. Right. And as I read through all of the comments, as I read through all the stories, chronic use is exactly what it is, chronic use. It is somebody that desires the higher potency. It is somebody who is smoking it because that's how you can sustain high potency and it was somebody who was doing it daily over weeks up to a year can we uh- and they all self would self ad, uh, they all self admitted it they yeah. went. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that probably was not healthy at all.
2: So it, can we also say abusing the, the drug? Well, I mean,
1: that, that is the term, and, chronic abuse. So if I said yeah. abuse, uh, no, they cited that as chronic abuse for more than a year. Right. And, again, respiratory delivery only. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, one thing that comes to my mind now, uh, and I could not, I couldn't. I if I reflect on everything I read this week, uh, there is no answer to this question at all. Everybody was told that they that cannabis cessation was the most effective way to stop this.
2: Just completely cold Just completely turkey. stop? Completely stopped. stop it. Now, if but, you,
1: yeah, I know. Wait a minute.
2: If you, if you stop, how a- long do you went have to, to stop edibles? For Oh,
1: what would happen if you stopped and went to edibles? Right. But I hear, I heard nothing about that. Okay. Now, nor did I hear any people talking about it either. People just said, I quit for a while, or I quit, period, and it went away. And that was almost 100%. And
2: now what if they quit for a while, and it went away, and then they started again?
1: Lots of those occurrences, and everybody was fine. Starting up again. Okay,
2: right. So you just need to. T- well, they say with anything, uh, it's a, always a good idea. Remember, we did have that show where you, you just want to stop. We had well, that.
1: Yeah, if you're if you are a cannabis user, you already have that regimen in, because over time, uh, THC is the only cannabinoid in the hemp plant that your body becomes resistant to.
0: Uh huh.
1: So over time, you have to continue to do more. And more and more and the only way to stop that is to stop it for a while and then and
2: you then can start back up. and then you can start back and they up.
1: suggest that's two to four weeks.
2: Okay, yeah, because I have a, <coughs> a customer that does that with his morphine dose.
0: Oh, okay. he says
2: when I get to a place where I feel like it's not <clears throat> doing what it should do or I'm not getting the relief, I'll stop for a week or so and then yeah. I'll start again. Yep, um,
1: yeah. So th- that those that that system is already recognized uh, Mm -hmm. amongst cannabis users. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me,
2: it's usually when anxiety starts to show up. Then I take a break. Ah.
1: Well, let's talk about treatment. Treatment, uh, as suggested by clinical reviewers, uh, the hot shower was uh, number one. And now we know why. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Those receptors in the skin respond to heat. When they respond to heat, they likely upregulate.
2: I just can't imagine being in a hot shower for that long. Yeah. But I would over I just overeat heat easily. Um that would just be not torturous because a hot shower feels good sometimes, but <laughs> right. just to stop well, yourself from vomiting.
1: They remember oh. they are talking about more than just hot.
2: Like h- they're talking hot. scalding hot. Ouch. Right?
1: Like uncomfortable <laughs> hot. That's but when you're vom, when you want to stop vomiting, mm-hmm. I-, I would imagine you will, you will suffer that. Yeah. To just get this to stop, uh, they're suggesting that there are uh, other issues here because the cannabinoid system, your endocannabinoid system in your body regulates or triggers when your stomach is empty. Uh, it triggers your uh, your sphincter. You have a sphincter in your esophagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has connection with that as well so again they don't have the full story yet okay but all those components could be a part of this this issue of overstimulation or dysregulation of your gi causing wow. this issue anyway yeah, that's just uh, let's keep going so, i've never
2: heard of this and i've been doing cannabis for many many years but you're
1: not a chronic user right. you probably don't hang out with chronic users no all Right. okay Right. <laughs> so, uh, but I would imagine that group probably is familiar and hearing some of our reviews from our listeners, our some of their comments, uh, I, I think that group is alive and, and they do discuss it. They have their own theories, of course, too, I would imagine. Okay. Uh, so the drug that was released is called, is called capsiacin. It's a topical application. Uh, the Clinical reviewers suggest that it, it, its efficacy uh, is pretty high. Uh, most will apply it directly to their stomach or to the back of their arm. I'm not really sure why the back of the arms, but that's what they shared. They didn't say why. My, my guess is something to do with uh,
2: the, the collection receptor. of receptors. Yeah.
1: Um, they're also suggesting that antipsychotics, such as haloperidol and ol- 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 olazepine, Uh, that those uh, have also showed some efficacy towards reducing those symptoms.
2: Okay, but how do you get this stuff? I can understand the topical, but how are you going to take an antidepressant if you're just going (laughs) to barf it right back up?
1: I'm there with you. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I already uh, lots of ER visits, and most of the clinical research that I see was directed right at the hospital in the emergency room. Mm. Here's how you can diagnose. Here's how you should treat. Here's the questions you should ask, and so forth. Because nobody's <laughs> going to come in and go, dude. I'm a chronic user of pot. Uh, yeah, you are going to go sit over there. <laughs> but <Yeah>. I can't.
2: <laughs> right. I <need> yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. They also uh, suggested that conventional anti-emetics antihistamines. Benzodiazepines, dopamine a- antagonists, all may have limited effects. Isn't that interesting? That the anti, the conventional antiemetics,
2: mm-hmm. not gonna, ha- not gonna be ha- enough. There, yeah. it, They must not hit that, whatever that crazy receptor is. T- right. TPV... Right.
1: Well, once it's been hit, I'm pretty sure none of these are doing anything.
2: Right, because the THC Mm. probably stays in your body for a certain amount of time.
1: Yeah. Well, and and that's the last treatment was cannabis cessation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just downright quit it. Uh, Now, research is catching up. uh, But, you know, they, they openly say, hey, we're catching up from years of little research due to legal issues. Also, you know, hey, the changes in cannabis levels and the strains and the, the users, you know, those are all complications. And then the last thing is, is, hey, we're still on the learning curve about the endocannabinoid system inside the human body.
2: Right. Yeah, that's uh, – that. it sounds very odd, um, but I guess it, if the CB1 receptor controls your digestive area – it, it would make sense that you're, you know, sending an enormous amount right. of a cannabinoid right. into your body that something is going to happen.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine, so here, here again would be my knowledge from everything I've learned over the years is that THC does accumulate. And the more chronic use that you are doing, the more... The rate in which it accumulates increases, okay? So, which, which, by the way, what, which why they say they can't really – most people won't pop positive on a urine test if they're an infrequent user. Right. But you can use low amounts, but if you're using frequently, it tends to build up at a higher rate.
2: Well, it's yeah, It, it so it stores in your fat. Right. And it's yeah.
1: – so now if I go to this model, and you are a chronic user of 95% or above, and you're dabbing, and you're 12 times a day, and three three more joints on top of that, and stuff, like, the, the concentration levels of this in your system, including your fat, which your skin is full of, yes. is
2: probably
1: through the roof. Right. Yeah. So... You can see how sometimes you, know, you can kind of look at this and connect all the dots, but you you have to have these knowledges in order to do that.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, listen, we want it, again, we want to keep, we don't want DEA or whoever to s- stick it back on the shelf and not allow it to be free. So, and this is one of the things that we were a little weary of is the abusers of, yeah, the, of the plant. Yeah, of course. Possibly that side of the world making it easier to become an abuser because the levels are so high. Uh, we, don't, we want this to be a show of just a warning sign. Just don't, yeah, yeah watch yourself with this. It's still a super safe plant, but there are going to be side effects if you're abusing.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's, quick, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from some of our listeners and you know, we'll just find out a little bit more of the outcomes that clinical review has discovered, maybe even some stats and such. Okay, so okay. let's take a break and we will be right back.
2: Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil.
0: decide that you have something to say and find your frequency live fridays at 12 noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel
2: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at Show.com. That's info at com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show.
1: Hey, welcome back, listeners. CBD Ed Show here. Kimberly Rose here.
2: Sorry, I'm, I have to mess with my microphone. It keeps moving around on me.
1: Test, test. I got it. I All tightened right. it. Okay, we are talking about anybody can say that name out loud. Let me hear it.
2: Hyperemesis cannabinoid. Cannabinoid, cannabinoid
1: hyperemesis <laughs> syndrome. Yes. Not to be confused with that. CHS. There is already a health condition, a clinical health condition called CVS. And no, not the, not the department store pharmacy thing. Right. Not, C, not that CVS.
2: What is CVS? This
1: CVS is called. Th- is a cyclical vomiting syndrome,
2: oh, okay, which is
1: a lot of times what is getting diagnosed, uh, and then when they go to that diagnosis, they're going to all the triggers that cause that, which is what's causing them to do the uh, the, the, the all the different kind of tests. So they start with you know X ray or or uh, what's the other one, ultrasounding the, all, the, all the abdominal area, mm-hmm. which, by the way, researchers is saying that's absolutely useless. Uh, they're, they're actually sharing in all these clinical studies and pointing them towards the hospital because of all the concerns of these unwarranted treatments that they're doing that are evasive. You know, colonoscopy is not anything right. And I'm sorry. I know how much they charge for colonoscopy. Right. And you're, if you're a salesman, you're like, hey, you know, somebody comes in with a stomach cane, just go right to the colonoscopy, would you please?
2: <laughs> well, Daddy I mean. A new car. Listen, uh, the, I mean, again, as a, um, uh, uh, somebody who went through pregnancy twice, I had uncontrolled vomiting for, well, the first one, I was, it was the whole, it was the whole nine months, but, uh, <laughs> And there was no rhyme or reason why, except for the fact that I was pregnant. But yeah. there had to have been something that triggered that yeah. extreme nausea, uncontrollable vomiting. Um, so there's—it's interesting that you can't. Well, you can't diet and a colonoscopy in a on a 15-year-old. Okay, I mean, I guess when you've out ruled everything else, you have to make sure. That
1: I don't know. That sounded that sounded like maybe somebody should have been consulting uh, with their peers or reviewing clinical data before you know running to
2: to those places, especially
1: for somebody that age. Um.
2: Well, I mean, we we know the story of me with my appendix. I had a lot of things done to me in the emergency room before they just diagnosed it an appendix.
1: Yeah. So let me, let me read uh, this little section about this paradox thing, because I just find it just really interesting. Uh, what is it called? The the pathophysiology of CHS, that's the cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, uh, is unclear. Paradoxically, there are long-recognized anti-emetic effects of cannabis, thus leading it to its approved use for treatment of nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy, and appetite stimulation in HIV and AIDS patients, factors leading to the development of CHS among, o- among only a portion of chronic marijuana users are not well understood. hmm <laughs> So um, that just makes me laugh. Now this was uh, this was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is ten doctors in a uh, clinic in San Diego, uh, September the 11th, 2017, Uh, this was uh, submitted for review. So you know, real stuff.
2: So I think probably also another reason that we don't know more about this is just because the plant has not been out as much as it is now, and so now we're very aware that this is something.
1: Yeah, and I imagine in the emergency room. They're probably becoming more open to the idea. Nobody's admitting right. that they're a chronic user. Yeah. All right. So they're 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 kind of probably going, all right, all right. We're we're going to forego. Yeah. They're listening to these guys going, okay. Let's not rush them in there and give them a you know, the the colonospy. Let's let's instead get sneaky about how to find out if let's they're a user. Let's do
2: a run a panel.
1: Yeah. They did suggest that mm-hmm. one of the way one of the easiest ways was to do a. Uh, you know, little test a drug strips. Test. We yeah. have them. oh yeah. look good. This is so quick. Yeah. yeah, go pee on this. Come back five minutes later. You're like, okay, we know how to help you here. We just rub this on your stomach and get out of here.
2: Yeah, because by the time you <laughs> hit the emergency room, you're probably no longer high. You've been in the hot shower for hours and. <laughs>
1: <That's>
2: right. <laughs> right. you stepped
1: out and you start vomiting again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see if you're doing either one of those. You're probably not doing a whole lot of smoking. No.
2: This. So that's where we can maybe give the <clears> the hospitals and stuff a break for.
1: Absolutely. The
2: colonoscopy and stuff because they need to find out why.
1: Yeah. All right. Now, let's go, let's go with that. So they have this uh, in, in, in a lot of the reviews that I read. And in this paragraph was always pretty much titled the same way, Presentation and Diagnosis, uh, the Systematic Review of CHS. Uh, and it was, you know, to, to see the, diagno- the diagnostic characteristics And a patient, if they were to come in. And here's the list, and again, this list I saw everywhere. Uh, First thing on the list was history of regular cannabis use, regular cannabis use for over a year.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Second on the list was at least weekly cannabis use. Next was severe nausea and vomiting, duh. Uh, Abdominal pain. Okay. Vomiting that recurs in a cyclic pattern over months resolution of symptoms after stopping cannabis compulsive hot bath shower and showers with symptom relief and they also suggested this was male predominant oh wow yeah my guess is males will go to an extreme faster or more uh more frequently than a female
0: will
1: Mm -hmm. uh now, this was, this was their diagnosis list. <laughs> and when I first read this, I meant, I, if, if you didn't know anything, and you read compulsive hot baths and showers was a identifier of CHS. I'm like, what the, why would somebody be compulsive hot shower? Why, what? Until I read, until I understood this whole problem. And I'm like, wow, compulsive is right. I can't get out of this shower. Because as soon as I do,
0: symptoms return. I'm going to be sick again. Ugh. Isn't that
1: crazy? Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, remember, CHS is primarily associated with inhalation of cannabis, though it's independent of formulations can be seen with incineration of plant material, which is traditional smoking, vaporized formulations, waxes or oils, and synthetic cannabinoids. At the time of this writing, there have been no reported cases associated with edible marijuana.
2: Okay. So that just is so odd to me that that receptor is not being triggered. Is it that you can't get to that level of THC with an edible because you pass out or...
1: You know that's that's an important that's good look. You know
2: because inhalation only lasts, right? It's immediate, and then you put more in. You put more in.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. uh, That's pretty. That's a that's a good view of that. Yeah. Which means that edibles wouldn't be the replacement if you already have it. Right. Okay, that's a good way to look at that. Uh, Let me see here. Episodes generally last twenty-four to forty-eight hours, but may last up to seven to ten days. Patients who endorse relief with very hot water will sometimes report spending hours in the shower.
2: This really sounds like a some long, wasted days. <laughs> <Yeah. Let's laughs> no hear, pun on words, sorry. <laughs>
1: let's hear from some of the listeners. My brother had this, stopped smoking for a couple months, now he smokes every day again.
2: He's not afraid to, that it's going to gonna come back. back. Or he stays. I guess I would love to know where the mili- like, where is your level that you should stay under? Right.
1: Well, I would imagine. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, you've got to be able to feel that level if.
2: Yeah, I don't know how they get uh, to that place because yeah. I'd be asleep. But
1: another listener said, I've heard about CHS, but I was wondering how prevalent this is for daily smokers. This is something I should be worried about. Or does this only affect a small group of people? That, unfortunately, is still kind of unknown. Yeah. Right. Chronic is where they're drawing the line, but chronic can be somewhat subjective.
2: Right. Well, one person's chronic is not yeah. another's, sure. Right. And, that, and that's just going to be with most people, males, you would think would have a higher tolerance
1: but somebody suggested as a response to that comment happens to about 30% of the people who smoke three to four times daily. Okay. 30% three
2: to four times daily. Yeah.
1: Now, okay. again, that's just an opinion of a listener. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I just want to share that piece. Uh, let's see what other information our listener responses are worth sharing. Uh, let me figure out how to get to my next page. <laughs> I have one here, it says, if you don't smoke concentrates, shatter wax oils, you have nothing to worry about. But smoking 80 to 90% THC oil 15 times a day for a substantial period, well, that will put your levels over the toxic threshold.
2: Okay. That sounds like, how do you function at that level?
1: 15 times a day?
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even a dab concentration of ninety five percent sounds very strong.
1: Yeah, I don't have any experience there.
2: No, me neither.
1: Um, I was told within the realm of ninety five percent possibility by my attending gastrointestinal specialist that I may have a disease called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Yeah, my wife is a doctor. She is forced to say this to patients as well, just to rule it out. To the best of my knowledge, it hasn't been the correct answer for anyone yet. Not saying you shouldn't stop. You should. Not saying it isn't a serious disease. It is. But I've been a little grossed out by how the medical community treats it. There's still a bit of an air of You are a drug user and probably caused this problem on your own.
2: Well, see that, and that's definitely not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You, you are abusing it. You, (laughs) it's a, it's a fact. You can't. You should not take. I mean, you can't take that much of anything. That's not good for you.
1: Well, we have another listener here says, as a daily smoker of uh, 20 years, I don't see this as an issue. And usually has about three joints a day, max.
2: But what level of THC is he talking he doesn't, about? Right, doesn't right. talk,
1: doesn't, doesn't speak I mean, to that. I mean,
2: listen, we all know the plant is not what it used to be when we're, you know, I can't tell you how many people tell me that when they come in the store, the older, the older individuals. Yeah. Um, so you either smoke less of it, or you—you you have to be a, a, a responsible adult. Nobody's saying don't smoke. <laughs> right. but and just, we
1: do have an, a responsible adult here. He says, "Hey, too much of anything will kill you."
2: Yes, that, that's—I right. guess—that's what I'm trying to say. Too right. much of anything is not good for you. Yeah.
1: So, the um, the, the the issue. That really has has as really we wanted to bring up to you, uh, is in two parts.
2: Well, I I, I have one question. Yes. If since it's called a cannabinoid yes. hyperemesis. Yeah. So CBD can't calm anything down in that receptor or good, any of the can other cannabinoids.
1: It's a good question, and there was absolutely zero discussion. Okay. On it. Because uh, we you
2: know, know when you're in a THC storm, if you take s- pure CBD, it right. will calm it. E- your yes. cycle so, active.
1: So that would be reasonable, uh, and that w- does affect the CB1 receptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that you know bringing in this new G protein uh, couple of receptor has may have a play on it. There is also another thing is that. This usually is a chronic use, so it's a buildup of THC. And the buildup of THC may be more than
2: uh, the actual
1: the, the other cannabinoids can handle. Got, I, I, I'm talking out loud, to be honest. Right. There's no discussion of it. And our current knowledge uh, is not enough to be able to answer that question.
2: Well, but, it, yeah, and if and you think... I'm talking about
1: uh, you and my current knowledge, too.
2: Yeah, if you think maybe if, uh, it would have already become somewhat... Uh, prevalent if it was able to help. If the other cannabinoids could go in there right. and help the situation, somebody would have fi- found that out by now, right?
1: No. Uh, they went, well, yeah, hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah. You would think that would be a good place to look, it being a natural approach.
2: Right. And so how much now, if you went to a dispensary... Remember, in a
1: cannabis plant, in, in a, you know, if you are doing... If you were smoking, have uh, the biomass, if you're smoking the, the, a joint, uh-huh. you're getting CBD.
2: Right. That's what I was going to say. Is, yeah. So it's just when you go to those concentrates that have pulled every ounce of the THC out, and that's pretty much just what you're getting. Possible. That's well, might where any. you go into <laughs> the danger, which is yeah. why the can- concentrates are probably, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be... Um, one of the things that keeps holding up uh, marijuana's legality is because those are so strong. Mm, yeah, and yeah. So w- if you're just doing well, yeah. a regular cartridge, you've yeah. got the other cannabinoids in there. But
1: well, we'll find out how to manage it. I mean, we figured out how to handle the difference between wine and and moonshine.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, is there anything that could go in from the plant and help this? Yeah that um that it doesn't sound like that's that's it's more of a
1: Yeah, so here again it can't alter the T H C molecule. It is the shape of the molecule that triggers a receptor. Yeah. Uh so it really is dosing. There's there's no other I, I yeah. know. So there is either uh it's a dosing issue or a counter to the dosing. So what product do you put on to uh, deregulate what it's regulating.
2: So I see... Which is that
1: pharmaceuticals to, to yeah. start with. That's, uh What is it called? It's called uh, capac- uh Oh, Capsiacin. Capsiacin.
2: So I think uh, there'll be a warning on your THC products and that, not, along with all use. the other ones, that may no be pregnant, chronic use. No
1: driving. Yeah. Under Under, 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 this age. Right. They'll they'll need an an entire panel just for all the warnings.
2: You're going to get with your uh, cartridge now or your concentrate, this thing that you get at Walgreens, it's like 12 pages long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Back in the old
1: days, the (laughs) Surgeon General just says you shouldn't do this. Uh,
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, these are the things that, you know, again, we shouldn't worry because it's really just the chronic users. But why we just don't want any more delays in yeah, our right. world.
1: So uh, so again to let me share what what my what I saw. It was chronic users and it was they knew they were chronic users. Mm-hmm. Even this young girl connected all the dots afterwards. Mm-hmm. Now she was young. So I would imagine as you got older you probably might arrive at this a little quicker. Right. But it really sounds like it's only those chronic users. Now, I don't believe that that's going to be an unusual discovery. If you are doing this a couple of times a week, yeah, I don't see you falling in this bucket. If no. you are doing it even lightly a couple times a day, but you're not doing the, the super high potency stuff, I don't see you in this bucket. No. If you've just started it and you've only been doing it a month, I don't see you in this bucket. Right. I, I, so at least I can share that with you with everything I read. I know that's an opinion, but it's from going through all of this uh, throughout Research. the week.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the second thing uh, that I was very aware of is misdiagnosing. Like, I'll read that list again. I think it's important everybody hears that list. Uh, a history of regular cannabis use for over a year, at least weekly cannabis use severe nausea and vomiting severe not uh i got, I got sick and threw up twice mm-hmm. or you know i threw up for 20 minutes No, we're talking about vomiting for hours like it's just non-stop right you're not getting anything else so really it's just a muscle reflection
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's happening
2: it's a spasm
1: abdominal pain uh this vo- vomiting is a cyclic pattern uh If you stopped cannabis use, it would stop. That's absolutely a key one. Uh, Let me see here. If you took a hot, super hot shower or bath, uh, if anyone wants to do the calculation, whatever 41 degrees Celsius, that's, that's the temperature. So convert that over to Fahrenheit and you figure it out. But if something of that temperature or higher relieves it, then you probably have CHS. Okay. okay. Yeah. So just be, be kind of get there. I, I read a lot of stories of people just dealing with it for a month. Oh, that just sounds so horrific.
2: Yeah, that sounds terrible. And, again, there's so many things. All that stomach acid coming back up through your esophagus is not a good idea. You're completely depleting your body of any nutrition. Yeah. It's just, that's just. And I think, uh, let's just say this, for for cannabis users um, that feel like they're more they fall into the category of chronic yeah um, take a week off every once in a yeah. while take let, a let your body flush detox yeah. take drink an enormous amount of water um, and let your body rest for a little yeah. while and then you can go right back go to back your to
1: well and, and again I'll share that too because I if you don't mind my perspective again if this happens to you, those symptoms happen to you. You are in the hot shower and you're yakking and uh, go right to the emergency room.
2: Yes, please. Go
1: right to the emergency room. And be honest. Tell them I am a chronic cannabis user and tell them give you some damn what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> hook hook me up with some capsaicin. Yes. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Right? All right. And then once you've got the the, the pain and the vomiting under control, then you can decide what to do. That, it would, from everything I read, would be your right course of action. A suffering for a month is not to, no. to, to protect your Hopefully ego. you're
2: in a state that uh, <laughs> it, uh, recreational marijuana is legal because yeah. that could get a little tricky if you go to the hospital and it, say that you right. are so in you, that area. Yeah.
1: You so. want my recommendation there, then go to a family practitioner. Go to a place where, you know, they have to stay. Uh, you know, they have Under to, an they L have umbrella. To, right, right. They have to follow HEPA.
2: Right. HEPA, and stop. A stop using your <laughs> marijuana.
1: Anyway, yeah, but just, oh, don't hurt yourself for a whole month. That sounds painful. That's my... Thought on that piece.
2: Yeah, this, this, and I have seen this come across. I think it was Project CBD that did uh, an article on it. I didn't read it, but uh, I did see it. And so it is a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh
1: yeah, no, totally is real. Yeah. Everybody is at least going to that place. Just nobody knows when you ask that question at least four times. I would imagine that's common. Wow. When is it going to hit? What is chronic use in my world? You know, my body, what will it be? Uh, and then nobody really knows how to diagnose or treat it. Right. Everybody's wandering around just being in a lot of discomfort. Yeah. All right. Now, well, let's wrap that topic out. Feel free to reach out to us, uh, for any questions you have regarding today and we will be happy to help direct whatever it is needed. Uh, again, Please share and continue to help us build our audience. Uh, Again, we're gaining momentum. We want people to hear us. We want people to listening. I'll tell you what my vision is. My vision is to change the way we see health and medicine. I want to be able to have clinics hear our plight, Mm -hmm. do this study. I want to hear our people in office. I want, to hear, I want them to hear us when we say, hey, make, open the path for these studies to get done.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, let's do that. Let's right. take away a pill and replace it with some good Something old Mother Nature made. natural yeah. medicine. Yep. All
1: right. So let's say that's all for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. That was the first one. And hopefully we're able to serve you. Uh, well, I'm digging up this information and getting it to you in a way that you can consume it. Uh, now, our next show is going to be on vaping CBD. There seems to be a lot of use. Uh, vaping CBD has become popular, so we are going to spend some time on it next week. So that's a wrap for today's episode of the CBD Ed Show. This is Ed.
2: And this is Kim.
1: Working towards a better life.